and very welcome to yet another episode, episode 13, lucky for some, unlucky for others, hopefully it'll be a good night for us, it's a bit of a short show tonight, uh, just with everything that's going on at the moment, it's so hectic, and um, myself and Aaron just uh, struggling to get time, we're a little late than normal this week, but we have left a, a day later than usual, because of course, that really, really intriguing tie last night in Ferry Carrick Park, Cork City, and coming away with a point. Fantastic result for them. Good performance from them as well. We'll talk about that later on. We're going to be talking to some of the dual stars in the league this year. Uh, last Sunday afternoon, uh, less than 24 hours after wins for both Piedmont and Athlone, two of their players, uh, Laurie Ryan and Chloe Maloney, took the field with Clare Ladies Football to win a Munster Championship. And uh, Jeremy Carney, our reporter, caught up with them after that game down in Mallow at the weekend and he got their thoughts both on that game which you can see on our YouTube channel but also on the Women's National League which we're going to share with you this afternoon but first things first Aaron another week another game uh, six games this week a little bit of a, a bonus that game of course uh, left over from a few weeks ago um welcome back how how's your week been yeah it's been cool it's been, it's been busy um enjoyed the sunshine at the weekend obviously it was it was really nice weather getting out to watch watch some football literally stood on the uh just out of the tunnel, where the tunnel at Talca Park, literally on the on the grass, watching the entire Shells Piedmont game, enjoying enjoying life, and you know, back for another back for another exciting show where we get to delve into into the week that was and sort of reflect on one big win for for one side that maybe Baltimore's probably didn't see coming after the last couple of weeks, but some interesting games of the weekend, interesting results, new manager bounce. It's been a been a hectic enough weekend, and as you say, the extra game midweek is always nice as well. Absolutely, and from a point of view of uh, of everything else, the the streaming, you got to see what a lot of us didn't. Shells versus Piedmont on Saturday afternoon. It's becoming a bit of a recurring trait. It's almost like Piedmont are going in, cutting the cords just before the game, just to make sure we can't uh, scout them and they can keep this run going at the top of the table. Do you know what's funny? And I spoke to James O'Callaghan off the record after I finished doing my interview. And he actually said the exact sim- similar. He said he loves the fact that the last two weeks, people haven't been able to see them play. They haven't been able to see what's got what people have been doing unless you've been at the game and you started making a joke about it. But like, yeah, it's a, it's not great. The female obviously when it happens once, you say okay, but there's also been trouble as well. DLR waves this year, have had issues with with streamings as well, and there's been a number of occasions. And for me, when you decide you're going to start charging somebody to to watch these sort of streams, the production has to be good enough. The FAI talked at the start of the year about having enhanced streamed games where they'd have the sort of setup that the Premier Division has. Haven't seen any of them happen yet. Haven't seen any announcements of them happening. But to be honest with you, two, with it being two weeks in a row, it's not good enough for me to be honest with you. But isn't that the problem as well, though? Like you touched on it for me, and, and I've been saying this for a couple of seasons now. I wanted the Women's League to charge for the games, but also reinvest some of that money back into the production quality. And they're still relying on volunteers. Where is the money going? Because... I realize it's going into the clubs, it's going into the league, and it's going into the general pot. But my fear is that we're going to end up with a product that's just not fit for purpose, and we're charging for it. I think it should be a standalone product, and the profit of that after the costs, the proper costs are met, and that cost includes the cameraman and a commentator at a bare minimum. This automatic camera, while it's it's okay, and in worst case scenario, you'll get by on it. It's really, really not ideal when you're charging people five euros to watch a game. I'm not picking on I'm not picking on Shelburne here when I say this, but I hate watching a game from the likes of Shelburne when it's sunny, P Mount sometimes when it's sunny. 
because it's just so hard watching it on, the, on them cameras. But then you watch on the men's game and you're like, quality's great. I've done commentary on, on a League of Ireland Premier Division game this year. And like you're given a you're given a Zoom link where replays and all are, are played for you and things like that. And you're sort of like, wow, this is great. And then you look at you look at what's happening with the women's game. Like, listen, I said at the start of the year when they when when they announced they were gonna start charging, I said, Great. But the problem is at the minute is of the charges, how many people are actually buying the women's games separately? A lot of them are probably buying them within the season passes for the men's and things. So the money's all being tied in there. Like, I'd say the numbers just for the women alone, in terms of people just buying the one game, are probably quite low. Because even at that, if you're just a women's fan only, you're going to buy the season pass for the simple fact of the matter that it's it's value for money if you watch two or three games a weekend to just buy the season instead of paying five, five euro per game. But like, I think we need to have something put in place because this can't be happening. It's, it's not good enough because like the biggest game of the weekend and a game that turned out to potentially to, that potentially open the gap between second and third in the league. Nobody got to watch it unless you're you're one of the 400 people who were in Tolka Park. And like, I've seen people who said they bought the game and then all of a sudden, boom, it's, just, it's disappointing. Like once you're out, once you say, okay, stuff happens when you see multiple times and multiple issues happening throughout the year, you're sort of thinking, it's just not good enough, and, and like you can see the production level that goes into the men's the, the men's Premier Division games. Look at f- some of the men's First Division games. Clubs are now going away from these pixel art cameras as well. Kerry are the latest to say, "Listen, no, we're going to actually do our own production." Wexford Utes and Wexford FC do one of the best productions in terms of the the women's and men's game, where they have multiple cameras, they have different things. Galway have things as well, but like you see other clubs and they they're using. For the men's, they have different stuff as well for the, than they do for the women, and they when they have their own production crew, and then compared to who they, they have it, it's it's just it's for me it's 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 annoying, it's frustrating, like it's the bare minimum that you expect if you're going to charge somebody that you're giving them a decent service, you're not giving them a, ha- a half hour a half hour service, excuse the language, but like that's what it felt like, and it's disappointing because you're reading the comments and but rightly so, the FAI are getting are getting slated for. A, I've seen Shelburne getting a bit of slated for it as well, but Shelburne identified that there was an issue and sort of reached out for support to say this is happening, and they just couldn't fix it. But like, it's you have to you have to put the blame. The blame has to stop on someone. And it's not good enough. But I think it's up to the clubs to invest in that as well. I think you, mm-hmm. it's very hard to have a conversation and not mention that loan as well, who've always had a very uh, solid production. Uh, Apologies, yeah. I actually Atlona wanted Atlona wanted to like the, the one thing about Atlona, and this is the funny thing is I don't know if it's a GoPro, but there's something behind the goals, and they show you some absolutely unique camera angles, men and women, which is which is great, and like we need that, we need the especially if you're talking about charging for a product, everything has to be good. But you're right in what you're saying though, cameramen, anybody who works in the stream, they should all be paid for their, their services as well. It shouldn't be reliant on volunteers either because. It's difficult. It's difficult. For, it's difficult then when when something goes wrong and they take the flack and they're only volunteering. It's not really. They don't really have much of it. Yeah, they just go. Oh, I'm only a volunteer. Whereas if if you're actually paying people, I think the product will improve to a level where it will be self-sustaining and profit generating for whoever, whether it's the league or the clubs or a combination of the two. I think it's important that that we don't take our eye off the ball and go. Oh, it's fine. We know what's going on. We can hear it. We can see the scoreboard. Um, or if, there's, if there even is a scoreboard in certain games, I just think it's it's one of the best things about the league at the moment. I genuinely still think it's still one of the best things about the league, but it just needs to be better, and and it can be better to where you can actually say, yeah, it's worth what you're paying for at the moment. In certain cases, as we've touched on, 
I don't think it is. Anyway, let's try and stay away from the negative aspects of the league and talk about some of the fantastic football that's been played. Six games, as we mentioned, a double header, Wexford and Cork hosting each other over the last five days. Um, Cork coming away with a, a point last night. Maybe we might start there because it's the most recent one. Um, Jan Murphy's going to be delighted with that. I know it took an inspired performance from uh, Abby McCarthy and goals for Cork to maybe hold on to that point, but uh, well-deserved. But Wexford would be disappointed not to have finished that game off and taken all three points. Perfectly. I'm going to go back to Saturday for a second first. And this will just tell you the difference. And you look at the team news, the team from last night as well. On Saturday, Wexford brought Kylie Murphy, Rihanna Jarrett and Kira Rossler off the bench. Made a massive difference. They, they tried to bring players off the bench last night and Cork were able to, to combat them. I'm going to ask you the question because I know my answer. It was our first goal for Cork City, Sean and McCarthy. For me, it's a cross all day. What are you going with? Are you going with a shot or are you going with a cross? Oh, um, we were having this discussion last night. There was a couple of us covering the game here on the website and I think it's a shot, but I think it's a cross, but she'll never admit it. Is that fair enough? And I wouldn't yeah. either. And I wouldn't either. Fair play to her. No, I, I'm... I'm delighted for for Cork. Doesn't matter how they go in. We've seen some howlers at both ends for a couple of teams this year, uh, and they've maybe got points when they shouldn't have got points, or vice versa. And I think they'll take it all day, every day. They've doubled their league tally for the year, one point to two. I know it looks tiny and irrelevant at the bottom of the table, but when you're struggling for results and you can pull up those kind of results every now and again, and no matter whether you really. 100% deserve them or not on the balance of play. You ride your luck. You get a couple of breaks that you didn't maybe expect or maybe even deserve. You get a referee's call here or there. Um, I think you take it and you build on it. We saw, we've saw we seen teams in, in recent seasons. Sligo were a great example in the first half of last year where they got a, a fortuitous win in the boardroom in, against P-Mount, followed it up with a really good win down in Cork, I think, and... Um, on the, on the field of play. And again, I think Jeremy McGuinness scored the first goal in that game and probably didn't know she was even getting on target in off the post and maybe the keeper as well. Um, but you get that look and it builds momentum. They turned those two results that they were fortunate in into some really fine performances over the next six or eight weeks. And they built up to maybe 15 or 18 points over that period. And I think maybe we won't see Cork hitting double figures in the, in the next two games in terms of, um, or in the next few games, even for the rest of the season, it's a shorter season, obviously. But I think that bit of confidence, that bit of momentum of going, well, actually, Wexford were in the title hunt last year, and we've we've played them twice in the, in the week. We've taken a point away from home. We've only been beaten by two goals at home. Uh, maybe we're not as far off as the general public or the people watching the league think we are. And, and I think that's, that's only got to be good for Danny Murphy and his squad down there. Right, I'm going to pick up on something first. You mentioned goalkeeper, Abby McCarthy. She took yeah. a bit of stick earlier in the year yeah. over our performances. And she came out all guns blazing last night. For me, it's great to see when, when a goalkeeper has a bit of a setback to they can come back. and Because she was down with the team a little bit. Um, Hannah Walsh was in and sort of, I, I'd assume, confidence would have been knocked from it. But to come back in and put in a, in a good display, I think that's that's really, really important, from, from especially for a, for a young goalkeeper. In terms of Cork, they've got DLR and Bowes in the next two games. I think realistically for them, it's just about building a little bit of momentum towards that All-Ireland All Cup. I think for them, that's probably where they're going to have an opportunity just to get a run of games where teams will be very similar level to them. 
they'll be able to work on things that they've worked on in the last couple of weeks. But you're right in what you said. To get a point against Wexford, who were league challengers, league challengers last year up until the final day of the season in in Ferry Carrick Park as well, is a is a big is a big result for for Cork. And like it, you're, it could be a, a big change if they can go and get a result against the Irish Waves this weekend. You're sort of talking slightly different then and. Like I think for them when they when they played waves at home, they sort of got off to a, a horrific start. Is probably the best way to say it. They were three 0 down after like ten minutes and games over. Whereas I think there's a, a little bit of a mentality difference in that side. Definitely, Kieran McCor- Kieran McNamara back in, in defence as well adds an awful lot to it. But like Danny's given a lot of young players chances this year as well and given them opportunities. And it's it's good to see them getting a reward from Wexford though. The inconsistency continues. It's it's been one of them absolutely. Mental seasons for Wexford. They win one, they lose one, draw. It just can't get any sort of consistency going at all. And you're, you're sort of fearing now that their season is going to really peter out that the FAI Cup and the FAI Cup is really going to be their only competition that they have to focus on this year. Yeah, absolutely. It's going to be a, a strange season for them not to be uh, in that title hunt. They're 10 points off, 11 points off uh, Beard, uh, with nine games to go. It's, it's going to be difficult to see anybody uh, possibly even from third place down, but definitely from fifth place down, um, getting back into the title challenge. I'm looking at the, the table here in front of me, Gull United. Uh, they're currently nine points off again, nine points to go. Can I see Piemont and, and Shamakorbus dropping those points uh, required to let those teams back in? I, I really can't. Let's move on from Wexford Corp for a moment, and, and we'll, we'll touch on it later on in the show. We'll talk about this weekend's fixtures. Um, but if we look at maybe at some of those teams, Shamrock Rovers, uh, they've kept their pressure on up at the top. Uh, 2-1 victory at home to a very solid Galway United side. We really never know when they're beaten and, and will keep going to the final whistle. Uh, two goals either side at halftime. Onya Roman at the first and Abby Larkin at the second. Seem to wrap things up. But Gemma McGuinness, as she often does, um, bat- battling away in midfield. And uh, probably the goal of the game, to be fair, to get them back into it 20 minutes of time. But they just couldn't find that equaliser. But Shamrock Rovers... They look comfortable now. They've really found their groove without actually being very, very impressive. Do you know what's mad? And I, I, I was, I was just thinking back in my head when, when I was looking at this game and looking at Shamrock Rovers. I don't know if you ever seen when I'm gonna, I'm gonna change the sports slightly. When Conor McGregor done the, the boxing fight against Floyd Mayweather, and he done the press conference, and Floyd Mayweather just said something, and all his big security guards just stood around, surrounded McGregor. It's like that with Shamrock Rovers, where it's like Collie says something just before half time, and all of a sudden, boom, a, a switch flips. Because they keep scoring goals just on the verge of half time and literally just after the break. And it's like it's literally flips the switch, the players are all of a sudden boom up the levels three, four gears, and they score goals, they score goals at that. And then all of a sudden they're putting teams on such on the back foot that the teams are then sort of near enough out of the game or chasing the game, and then they can sort of nearly relax back into their rhythm. Like the thing is, let's call a spade a spade. Have Shamrock Rovers really have they got out of third, second, third gear yet? Probably not. Like against Shelburne early in the season, they were good, good in patches. Then went drifted out of it. They'll admit they hung on for their life against Piedmont at times. They'll admit that, but that was the sort of game that Collie O'Neill walks away thinking, I, 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 "I've robbed the point out of P, out of PRL Park here," and you walk away really happy. But the thing about it is, like, they're just continuing to push, push along, push along, push along. And like, if you're Collie O'Neill, you're more than happy because you're probably thinking early on in the season if we avoid, if we, we might lose one or two early on. Then, then we'll, we'll build in, but they're still unbeaten and they're still neck and neck with Piedmont so, so far into the season. And like for them, it's 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 a good from a Galway point of view though. It's two losses in Dublin on the road on the spin in seven days against Piedmont and and Shamrock Rovers, and a bit disappointed in that sense. But 
It was always going to be difficult for them. Still having a great season, though. That's the, that's the thing. Still having a very, very good season, despite them two losses. Yeah, no, it's, uh, it's an interesting uh, time for them, all right. And I, I think I think they'll be okay. You know, I think they'll be okay. They're, they've been really impressive for me this year. Um, let's move on to the game. We might, uh, I'm leaving two games to last because we've got some uh, contribution from both Piemont and uh, from Athlone as well. So we're going to leave those two games kind of to last. But Dior Bowes, we've seen so many scoreless draws between these sides. You almost expect it coming into the games now at this stage? I didn't. This weekend, I actually thought Bowes would come out on top, especially considering the run of form that they've been on. Me and Dodd scored four and four games. But the new manager effect as well, the new manager bounce as well, Laura Heffern. It's a great result for Bowes. It's a great result for Dear Lowe. no doubt about it, considering the performance, the results that they've had in recent weeks. It backs up the Shamrock Rovers second half display as well for them when they, when they, when they went out after being 4-1 down. So, like, Laura has to be happy. It's, it's, it's a good point on the board. They have an opportunity this week where they can potentially pick up another another couple of another couple of points. But from a from a Bowes point of view, especially what happened on the on the midweek game with, with Wexford at Lone winning as well, it's probably it's probably a disappointing result and it's one they, they may look back on, especially considering like realistically they're not they're not in the fight for the for the top for the top two Bowes end. But they're in that fight with the rest potentially for third, fourth, fifth, where th- these two points dropped could be could be a massive two points later on in the season. But like from a DLOS point of view, extremely happy. But I was definitely be disappointed, and especially coming into the game they have this weekend, they would have liked to continue that run going because they have a massive, massive game on, on Saturday, and it's not probably not the ideal preparation. Yeah, moving to the Midlands at Lone and the venue for Treaty's latest attempt to uh, to pick up points at the bottom of the table. It didn't go well for them. A purple patch of a dozen minutes early in the second half really put paid to their challenge and. I think it was five goals in the space of about 12 or 13 minutes kind of killed off that game. But um, it's kind of what we would have expected maybe if you'd been picking this result at the start of the season. But it's it's a rare one now for Treaty. It's nice that it's we're talking about the rare hammering versus maybe previous seasons when it was happening every week. Tommy Ewan had been his banner. After going out and losing the last couple of weeks, you can see he just seemed to have his players let out their frustration of the results that had gone by in previous in previous weeks. Like that's eight 0 and seven 0 They've put past they put past Treaty United this year. Yeah, we thought them them results were over for Treaty, but it was just one of them one of them games. It seemed to be whatever what Atlone touched, it, it, it clicked. Dana Sheriff, uh, Dana Sheriff on the score sheet again, and she she's now getting back with her starting games really grown into the game. You're, you're looking at Scarlett Heron, another smashing young player, and. The funny thing is, is they're not they're not they're not reliant on Maddie Gibson to score four goals in this sort of game. They've got a, a good spread of goal scorers, I think, which is the most important thing. Only only Gillian Keenan scored two. Otherwise they've got they've got six other they've got five other goal scorers, which I think is, is amazing. And young Hayley Donigan, I think that's her first national league goal as well as well for for Athlone. So from, from another youngster, it's it's good to see that more and more than bursting out the scene. But it's a bad night at the office for Treaty uh, coming in. Especially coming in, thinking if they kept it tight, they'd, they'd have an opportunity. But Atlanta just blitzed them, and these things will still happen. We've seen it. With, we've seen it with other teams. Like you, you've even look, look back at a couple of years ago when, when, when shells were five past P Mount when nobody expected it as well. And like we can have these one-off results. Let's just hope it is just a one-off, and Treaty can bounce back this weekend. But it's disappointing to see the, the margin of victory. But Atlanta's frustrations have definitely come out in full. Yeah, well, listen, uh, one of our reporters, Jim Carney, was covering the Clare ladies winning the Munster 
intermediate championship at the weekend. What has that got to do with the Women's National League? Well, two girls who are going to face off this weekend did line out for Clare in that particular clash. We're going to first hear from uh, Laurie Ryan, who was part of that uh, Athlone victory on Saturday night. And this is her speaking, uh, second half of an interview that went out on YouTube earlier in the week. The first half is already on our YouTube channel. If you want to catch it with the Gaelic, uh, this is about the Women's National League stuff. Let's hear what Laurie had to say to German on Sunday afternoon. Obviously, Laura, you mentioned there your commitments. You're with Athlone Town as well. Big win for yourselves last night. Ends a bit of a losing streak for you. Will you use the 7-0 result last night to build a bit of momentum going forward? Yeah, you have to, to look at um, the, the results that have been coming for us and be delighted with a 7-0 win. Um, especially when you look at Treaty's previous form, they'd been really putting it up to other teams. Uh, I suppose for us, we've played really well against Shells, Rovers and Bows, but we just couldn't get over the line in those games. And... That's probably something last year we were getting those results to look at the draw and the robe of the green and this year we're playing probably a lot better and just not getting the results and so it's hard in that sense but I think within the camp we know that we are building something really positive and it's just about keeping the head down and pushing on now and no better test I suppose for us than against Mount next week to show where we're really at and how we can perform under pressure. I suppose as the captain of the team is your job I suppose in the camp to keep I suppose spirits high, I know we we'll say the game against Bowes a few just not that long ago, it looked like you'd snatched a 2-2 draw and then you know you can see right at the end of the game. I suppose is it all about just trying to keep that positive mental spirit in the camp to then go and obviously get the win against Treaty and you're going to top of the table P out now next week? Yeah, definitely. Like um I think from our perspective and kind of sometimes the stats don't lie in terms of how we're playing like last year if you compare our possession to this year we're, we're winning all the possession battles the shots the attacks most of them kind of stats it's just actually getting over the line is our problem at the minute and sometimes you go through a phase of that and I think within the camp we are very aware that we are playing really um, well and if we just cut out mistakes that we will we will start to get the results and Look, it's a long season. Do you know, that's the one thing I always say as well. Um, we're into the second round of games. A lot can happen. Um, and we just have to kind of trust that we, if we keep ticking the boxes, that we, we'll go up the table. And you never know, like last season, like we were nowhere near the top of the table. And then in the last four weeks, next thing, we were in a title race and we were thinking, what's going on here? Mm -hmm. So you just have to keep ticking the boxes for yourself and hoping that everything will fall into place for you. You know, you were in the title race last year. Obviously, you came just short against Shells in the, the Cup final, but you won the President's Cup to start the year. But since then, I suppose the results have been the biggest issue. But look, we're only, what, 12, 12 rounds into the season so far. Plenty yeah. more football, plenty more, I suppose, games for you to get up the table. Is it all just about, as you said, keeping, just trying to get those wins and trying to get the results and not let anything get past you? Yeah, and it's a very stop start season this year. I think for ourselves, like, we had two games. Uh, or no, we had a game, then we had a week off, then we had three games, then we had two weeks off. Like That all has an impact as well on um, on, on getting that momentum that you'd be hoping to get. Um, so again, we play P-Mount and then we're off for two and a half months and we have that All-Ireland Cup. So a lot will change. Like A lot of girls will move teams, girls will go abroad, different things will happen. So I think the title race won't be decided this side of the summer and we're just hoping that we can stay within touch and distance of it. Are you looking forward to that All-Ireland All Cup to play the teams coming down from, from the Ulster leagues? Yeah, well, I think we're going up to Linfield, so that'll be a big trek off. But it's a, it's nice to play to other teams and see where we're at against the other leagues as well. I think that'll be interesting. Um, like, I think our standard has gone from strength to strength in the League of Ireland in the last few years. Um, so it'll be good to compare to the, the North.
Northern League and see where we're at. Um, I suppose looking at Northern Ireland and how they qualified for the Euros that last year, wasn't it? So um, they, they must have good players up there and that's going to be nice to test yourself against them as well. Final one for me, I suppose. You're, I was talking to Chloe just before you and you were teammates today. You're going to be up against her now next week above in Dublin. It's definitely going to be a tough battle against P, against P Mount, where they're, as they're you know they're leading the top of the table. But for yourselves, I suppose you won't be too bogged down with where you are in the table going up against them. Oh, I think for ourselves, we always respect P Mount. We know the quality they have. Um, but from our own point of view, you can't fear anyone in this league, and we know we have a very strong panel. I think from myself and Chloe's point of view, the last time we played up in P Mount, we actually got a one 0 win, and um, I had to get a lift home with her afterwards. So that was fun for me. But um, ah, look, we're we're. We're definitely um, very good competitors when we're on the pitch, but we're probably the best of friends then when we're off it, which is great. And I think that's a, what you could say about a lot of girls across the league. We, we have very good relationships with other teams, which is brilliant as well. Yeah, great. Uh, great to see Chloe there. Uh, well, not Chloe. That was, of course, uh, Laurie Ryan of Athlone Town chatting about uh, her side 7-0 win over Treaty at the weekend. That brings us on to the last game. We touched on it at the start. Just, of before, just before you do, Breffney. Yeah. Just want to pick up on something she said, um, and I fully agree with Laurie. The season, the stop startness of the season, it is difficult at times. It's very difficult at times with the way it's been with, with the stagnation of the World Cup. I am intrigued to see how teams are going to cope with the All Ireland Cup, All Ireland Cup, then the break, then be back. Because as she says, it's two and a half months between between league games. It's 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 uncharted territory. It's one that we're going to have to really pay a, a close attention to. Is it a case that it's too long? The all like the All Ireland Cup, it's it's only really going to be for three weeks for a lot of teams, and it's it's one of them that the stop start nature of the, of the season. It's probably canned a bit of momentum that at times the league has been building, and then all of a sudden it stops starting. Hopefully, when the second half of the season comes back in after the World Cup, it can just have momentum the entire way through till the cup final because. Like I'd love to see Athlone go on a run of results and maybe see what they do because there's no reason why, yes, top two is out of the question for Athlone. I think that's fair. But there's no reason why they couldn't get back into that third, fourth place with, it, with a run of games, especially they'd still have to play shells, still have to play a lot of teams that are in and around them as well. Yeah, absolutely. No, I think that, but that's, that is true of probably six or seven teams just mm-hmm. outside those top two at the moment. Uh, but that all remains to be seen. The other game of the weekend that we haven't specifically touched on, and uh, we did mention at the very start in relation to the streaming and the, the access to watch the games, uh, is of course that top of the table clash, Shelburne versus Piemont. Always a cracker. Shells have won 4 1 a couple of weeks ago out in Pierrell Park. And I think most people would have expected. Shells maybe to win the game. It didn't turn out like that. 1-0 win. So I've done it again. She's on fire at the moment um, with a, a goal to see the 1-0 for the P's. They're top of the table. They'll be delighted with how the season's going for them so far. Your thoughts James, on the game? James was, abs- James, was, James was absolutely delighted after he was. He was talking about like the way the way they're going and like everybody else is still talking about Shamrock Rovers, still talking about Shelburne, still talking about Wexford not picking up results where P-Mail are just being allowed to glide as they are. The top of the table, they're they're they're, they're ground grinding out one of the wins. It wasn't the typical Shells P Mount game for me. Intensity probably wasn't as high. The heat may have played a little bit a bit of a factor in it. Neve Burke had a good game and goal for 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 P Mounts. Shells had some chances, hit 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 both posts. Gemma Quinn. It wasn't a game of many many clear cut chances, but like the goal itself, a lovely a, a corner in from Lauren O'Callaghan, and it was. So I've dialed at the front post, how she's left free at that at that, that, that front near post, just to head in. And 
from then you didn't really you didn't get the vibe that we were going to get lots of goals in the game. Like you look at the the game when they played in PRL Park, it was ten minutes of madness nearly from a PML point of view, where they give they give a couple of goals away after being one 0 up. And I think composure was probably the biggest thing for them. They ground out the one 0 win. They they frustrated shells an awful lot. It's the sort of game that shells will look back upon and say they probably didn't put their best foot forward for a PML point of view. They'll probably say. They probably didn't. They, they probably probably know better than a six and a half, seven out of ten. But they managed to grind the result. It was the sort of game last year where Piment will lose two one, or they can see see the late goal and draw the game. But like it's just the attitude. And I know we're going to hear from Chloe Maloney now in a minute. But the thing about me is the Piment centre backs, Chloe Maloney and Jenna Barrow. Like Jenna Barrow played in the wing last year, which is absolutely mad considering what she's doing at centre back. She's been brilliant for them. And like I tweeted a couple of weeks ago, Chloe Maloney was a bit time player in previous years for Piment. She's a rock at the centre, but at the heart of the defence for them now, which is massive for them. And I think the biggest thing is, is that she her presence is so much felt that you can see how much they rely on her and how much she's grown, how much she's come on. Because players like herself and Jeddah, like at times they kept Jamie Thompson out of the game when they played Rovers. They kept Noel Murray quite quiet. But the one thing I will say from a Shelburne point of view is, Alex Cavanagh was an absolute massive loss. She missed the game against Sligo, injured after coming off against DLR Waves. And in the middle of the park, you can see how much Shelburne missed her. She picks up pockets of the ball, plays a forward 10, and they just didn't have that. And they struggled creativity-wise. And for Shells, it's a a tough one to swallow against uh, near near rivals. Yeah, absolutely. They They won't be too happy with how that's gone. But I think... Credit goes to Piedmont, and I think it shows the strength of the club because there's a there's a, an easy option when you look at it from the outside in to go Piedmont United. They don't have the same resources, they don't have the same backup as some of the League of Ireland men's clubs can provide to their. Like you look at the teams around them: Shamrock Rovers, Shelburne, Bohemians, Galway, Wexford, Lone, DLR, UCD, kind of side by side. Treaty, Sligo, Cork are the only one now really that stand alone. You could put an argument out there for DLR, but but. They're, they're standalone and they were decimated at the end of last season. And they've just quietly gone about their business. They've been written off. And as we're going to hear from Colin Maloney in just a couple of moments, maybe that's exactly why they are where they are, the reaction that they've got from those players. So maybe let's, with no further ado, just jump straight into the conversation that Colin Maloney had with our reporter, Jeremy Kearney, after the Munster final on Sunday. We obviously uh, last night, or I suppose 20, less than 24 hours ago, you were lining up P Mount in the Women's National League against Shells. Big top of the table clash. You won it. Uh, I suppose just a one goal win there, but definitely a massive result for you to remain top of the table. Yeah, uh, Talca Park is a massive place to go. Like it's uh, very hard to win there and stuff. Um, we we played them in out in P Mount a few weeks ago and we lost 4-1. So we wanted to get the wrongs right. Um, we probably didn't play well at all, but we got over the line, we got our three points, um, and that's what we went there for. It wasn't pretty, but at least we got our three points. You'll take it, I suppose, 90 minutes ninety minutes of play yesterday evening, and now you've played another hour today. How do you manage to have the two to manage playing Gaelic football and also playing for a PMO week in and week out? Yeah, um, it can be tough, because I'm obviously living in West Clare as well, and I'm driving up to Dublin. So yesterday our game was in North Dublin, so it was well over three hours for me. It was at 2pm as well, probably in the height of that heat, which uh, wasn't ideal, but listen, I love doing it, I love playing both, it'd be very difficult for me to pick between two, um, I play with them girls today, like, and I love all of them, and the same with the soccer girls, so it would be very hard to pick, 
Um, but yeah, it can be take its toll on the body definitely. Um, I was feeling it in the last five minutes there, especially the heat again. But yeah, thankfully we got the win, two wins. That's what I wanted this weekend anyway. And I suppose your top of the table, I know reading stuff at the start of the year, they kind of said the PMO might have been a bit written off with Shamrock Rovers coming in and Shelburne looking for another league title. But your top of the table, have you really kind of not listened to any media hype of what way you perform and just play your own game this season? Well, to be honest, and I even heard my manager yesterday saying in an interview, like what was said about us at the start of the year really hurt a lot of girls in Piedmont and a lot of girls have been there for a very long time and it kind of hurt the girls and I think it has probably driven us on more than anything. We're not getting caught up in anything, like probably Shamrock Rovers are being talked about a lot. We're happy enough to be under the radar. We're working away, we got our three points yesterday on Tathlone now next week again and we only have one more round of games and yesterday was the start of it so it's a very short season this year so if we can just keep going game by game and hopefully we'll have a league title at the end of the year. <laughs> you mentioned obviously Athlone coming up, yourself and Laurie were both playing today for Clare lining out. Your teammates today, you'll be on opposite sides of the field next week. You know, I suppose, does it kind of, when you step out on the pitch in PRL Park next week, do friendships kind of go by for 90 minutes and then afterwards you're the best of friends again? Ah, yeah, that's it. Um, I play against Laurie all the time and uh, she's an excellent soccer player as well. And, like, it's friendships do go out the window when we're in soccer, I suppose, but I actually don't really see her too much on the pitch in soccer because she's in midfield, I'm centre-back, so she doesn't come too near me anyway. So... Uh, but yeah, no, Laurie's great and it's actually great to have her back with Claire Ladies as well. She's just after coming back in, so she'll be a huge player for us come championship as well. And I suppose just final question for me, I suppose on your progression, you've been a, a solid asset at the heart of the defence now for Piemont. How have you seen your own personal progression in the women's game in the League of Ireland over the last few years? Yeah, like I was struggling probably two years ago with Piemont. I wasn't really getting my place and stuff. so. Even since last year in November when the league finished, I just kept my training up and I just got really fit throughout Christmas and stuff. I didn't really take much time off. And I think it has stood to me a bit. I'm playing probably my best season so far. Um, hopefully I can keep that up now, but I'm probably the fittest I've been for soccer like in a good while and that's probably why my performances are a bit better this year. Um, but still obviously always room for improvement too. Yeah, great chat from her. A couple of interesting points and I did kind of pre-warned people it was coming uh, in terms of her thoughts on maybe that reaction to how they were written off at the start of the year. Yeah, everybody everybody said payment they're going to foul, payment they're gone. Shamrock Rovers will have the payment license within 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 a year when the news even was talking about. Pay. But I think for me, the biggest testament is when Karen Duggan turned around and said no. That for me was the turning point because if Karen Duggan says yes, you expect three, four more others might walk the door. Karen Togan turned around and said no, and all of a sudden you're looking, Nevery Burke commits, Lauren O'Callaghan commits, Saif Doyle commits, like, and, uh, you, you, you're then sort of thinking, okay, then then they bring in Avril Burley, they bring in Carl McManus, who unfortunately has suffered an ACL injury, we wish Carla actually the best, she had a surgery earlier this week, then you're, then you're talking about other players that come in, you sort of think, okay, young Jess Fitzgerald in the middle of the park, it's where she was playing nationally the last two or three years, the way she's, the way she's carrying herself, Tara O'Hanlon obviously has made a massive step on and you sort of think to yourself, you're like, okay, pre-season comes along, you're, you're looking, that's a decent enough lineup. Then all of a sudden, first couple of games go, you're thinking, okay, win for P-Mount, another win for P-Mount, another win for P-Mount. But like everybody, everybody, we're we're guilty of it because probably we have to as well in terms of talking about the Shamrock Rovers, talking about the Shells because Shells are back-to-back -back champions. But like, I, I like I like seeing when, when the likes of P-Mount go under the radar because... 
they're, they're just turning along doing their business and like it's funny because the way that, the way they the way they like to do you swear the way the Piedmont attitude in recent years it's always been you know all over social media but they're just happy to to just glide away they don't, they don't care like nobody talks about Piedmont for four, next four weeks they don't care they're just like grand we'll just take the points and I think for me the biggest testament of to where they are will come not this week not this weekend potentially it'll probably come next weekend with with yeah. the Shamrock with the Shamrock Rovers game <laughs> but I do need to pick up on Chloe um like it's funny because I'd sort of said that. And I mean, at the end, when the season ended last year, and when when Tegan went during the summer, I was saying, saying you'd nearly have to consider Chloe for the team of the year at centre back. I thought for the second half of last year, I thought she was brilliant. She was so assured at times when when they needed it, when they needed the cool composure. But like, look at her; she looks extremely fit. She looks extremely, and the fact that she's able to play ninety minutes on the Saturday and then go play sixty minutes on the Sunday. It just tells you, and like for someone to have the dedication to be driving from West Clare up to Dublin for training and playing games, like you can only commend her. You can only you can only wish that she that she continues to have the success that she does. Former Ireland underage international, and she's getting her awards. And I wouldn't be surprised if she nominated for Player of the Month for me. Interesting uh, prediction there for Player of the Month. We've seen some strange choices. We might chat about that in a minute as well. Out of the FAI in recent days, uh, that new Player of the Year cop or team that they put out during the week. You have to question who was picking that because uh, some of those girls have 50 plus appearances in the league before this season. And um, let's quickly take a look at the league table. And there we have it from our website in real time. Of course, Piedmont still at one point clear at the top of the table. But as we've mentioned a couple of times, that little gap beginning to be exposed now between second and third place, five points back to Shells and Bowes uh, on uh, third and fourth place, respectively. And then another group of players, our team's back. Fifth, six, seventh, uh, three points between them. Goal, Wexford, and Athlone. You know what's interesting? Yep. Payment only scored 19 goals in 11 games. It's phenomenal. And you even talked about how Shamrock Rovers haven't got out of second gear all season. Yeah. And yet they have 28 goals in, third, in 11 games is, is phenomenal as well for them. Now, they have probably the biggest firepower in the league in terms of Onyo Gorman with plenty of decent support acts around her. Who The, the next queens of the league, I think, uh, coming up around her as well, so uh, plenty of, of excitement for attacking co- co- um, talent there. But but look at the against column for those top three sides. You know it's, mm-hmm. it's comfortably less than one goal a game. Um, but even look at Bo- even look at Bowes and Goey. Like that's the yeah. thing. Like the previous years, you look at Bowes and Go- Bowes and Goey, they're probably a lot further. Atlanta haven't conceded many. Like it's mad. It's mad when you think that like the top sides. Like last year, we were think I think we went with Shell. Shells went twelve games. I think they conceded three goals. Two of them were two of them were in one game. They, they I was I was a twelve games, one goal conceded, eleven clean sheets or something. Like they went in some mad run in the first half of the season. But like they were scoring buckets of goals, but like it's it's mad the way that the goals for is, is a lot lower, and even like the goals again, like it's 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 great, and it's sort of it's sort of adding to the excitement in the, in the sense that like one nil win, obviously we're paying out at the weekend. Nil all with Shamrock Rovers. Other games are a one nil or a two one. There's no real many, even when the top sides play during that we're seeing many, many of the four ones that we seen from Shell one against Piedmont. When the top sides play each other, like they're all one nil, one all, two one. They're all really close games. Yeah, uh, and I 100 agree with you. Let's make a quick look uh, at the top scorers in the league so far. I'm not quite sure what the graphics are doing on the left hand side, but uh, Onyo Gorman and Kate Mooney top of that particular table, six goals each. Um, can we also take it as a sign that the league is progressing that we're not seeing ridiculous 
uh, scorelines after certain players were in the early days of this league 10 years ago we would have seen players maybe with uh, an average of a goal in a half a game almost over the course of uh, a few weeks now we're seeing 50 percent almost has been the, the standard for the top strikers maddie gibson dana sharif both in there as well megan smith lynch uh, on five points and then a load of players on four and um, we'll go down as far as all the fours there so you'll see Sarah Romia, Dodd, Jenna Slattery, Abby Larkin, Chloe Singleton, Jesse Stapleton, Rihanna Jarrett, Emily Corbett, of course, on the score sheet again this week. Jamie Thompson and Gemma Quinn all in there uh, this week. Gone off the bo- Thompson's gone off the boil a little bit considering when she scored her she scored her four goals in quite a quick succession and hasn't scored for overs in quite a while now. And saying that, she'll probably score at the weekend. But no, as well as that, she's probably a more known quantity. And mm-hmm. she scored a lot of those very early on before people were really aware of who she was or what talent she was. Now, I'm, not, I'm saying that the, the league were well aware of who she was, but in terms of actually uh, people not maybe reacting to her, or even the players themselves knowing who she was on the field. Uh, top goal keepers at the moment, six clean sheets for Rachel Kelly, Courtney McGuire, and Neri Burke, well, five for Eve Badana and Amanda Budden. And I think Eve Badana in particular deserves probably the mention there because you look at how her team are doing overall, it's not been a great season for them, and yet five clean sheets for her, almost 50%. She shouldn't have five clean sheets, and that's been that's been honest and frank. And you you gotta give so much credit for that for that. Like she does no like um, that's just calling a spade a spade. Out of them eleven games, DLR should not have five clean sheets. That's the difference between having a top 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 goalkeeper in your team who can who can pull pull games. Like I'll I'll always remember back to the first game that was out in Pierre Park a couple of years ago. The year Shells won the league on the last day of the season when Piedmont lost to Galway. I'll always refer back to the game where DLR played played P Mount out in PRL Park. She saved the penalty from Tegan Ruddle. She must have made eleven or twelve fantastic saves on the night, and it sort of reminds you of like just how how good she actually is. And the funniest thing is, is she's one of the most. How would you say she doesn't like the limelight? She loves none of that sort of stuff. She just wants to play football. She doesn't care about anything else. She she goes about her business. She leaves the club. She leaves after training or leaves after games. She'll go about her business. She doesn't care about the exposure. Doesn't care about any of that. All she wants to do is play football. And for me, realistically, when 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 she first came into the league, you're sort of thinking, okay, she's she's been in Ireland national previously. It's a good coup. But the question you've got to ask now is, where is she going to rank when she's finished on? the top goalkeepers who've actually come through. Like, forget clean sheets, because realistically, with the team she's had in the last couple of years, they're not, they weren't always going to have clean sheets. But she's got to stack up there amongst the, the best who've played, the goalkeepers who've played in the National League over the years. Oh, and in terms of consistently there, I think really, yeah. uh, you look at the consistency levels, and really the only one that even comes close to her uh, in the discussion, in my opinion, is Neve Burke. I think the others, and, and even girls who've been racking up big numbers in terms of clean sheets, are they there because of who they're playing with more so than actually their own contributions? I think in certain cases, uh, and I'm, I'm quite open to correction on this, but I think you look at teams who are getting clean sheets or keepers who are getting clean sheets when they're struggling, I think for me are the ones that you kind of have to take your hat off to and go, absolutely. And for me, she's probably top and pile, but very, very close to me for work. And then it's some distance back, I think, to almost anybody else in that discussion in well, my there's, a, there's a couple there's a couple of young goalkeepers who could in a couple of years be in that reckoning I think if Rachel Kelly keeps going the way she's going she'll definitely be in it but I, I want to actually praise Amanda Budden because I gave Amanda Budden awful stick last year with certain performances for Shells but like there's been times where she's pulled like the P-Mount game in particular she nearly carried Rovers to that point at the end like she thinks she made five saves in the last 10 minutes to keep yeah, that yeah. point like, like 
everybody said last year, oh, it was just a defence she was playing with. Like, don't get me wrong, Rovers have a good team, but they don't have as good a defence as probably Shells had last year. And she's been tested quite a bit this year. And I think she's come on, I think she's took the stick that was given to her. And fair play to her, she's come along this year. And she's, been, she's been very good for Rovers. And I think it's been, a, overall, it's been a very, very good year for a lot of young, a lot of goalkeepers in the league. And, like, it, it's it's great. There's, there's so many young, talented goalkeepers. But the problem is, is Breffney, a lot of these goalkeepers could be gone in a couple of years because the fact that there's some even better ones coming through at a, at a, at a younger age as, as well. Like, you you want to Shelburne, Kate Keane. A lot of people rave about her being being one of the next best things. And you, you're just looking at the underage structures. And, like, in this country, we're blessed to have, have good goalkeepers. The, the only problem is, is over the next couple of years, how are we going to keep them? Are we going to end up losing some of the Gaelic football to, to, to ladies football? And, like... That's the problem, and like I think a lot of credit has to go down to the, the, to the clubs to the steps they've made with goalkeepers as well over the last couple of years. We're probably still a bit away from where we need to be, but it's if you look at goalkeepers from five years ago to now, they've come on so much, and even even Nemo. Nemo's yeah. a, a five, ten times better goalkeeper than she was five years ago. Yeah, even though she was in international squads back then. And I think since she's made a retirement decision with the international team, I think she's become more calm. She's become more um, se- secure in her own abilities. Uh, and she's really been impressive for me over the last few seasons. I think she's been a rock at the back uh, for Piemont and probably a major part of the reason as to why we haven't seen, despite the turnover in defence for Piemont over recent seasons, we haven't really seen much of a difference in the performances that, that they sit that they have in front of, of her at that. Let's move on anyway. They are also in action this weekend, of course. Another set of fixtures down for decision on Saturday afternoon. Uh, some big games there. We've got Bowles and Shamrock Rovers, of course, the traditional Dublin derby. Piemont and Athlone, of course, Laurie versus uh, Chloe, part of that narrative. Uh, Goal United, they host Shelburne, while Treaty hosts Sligo Rovers in a game that both sides will be eyeing up to get another win um, they both had reasonably solid Mays. Can they start June off in the right way as well? And of course, DLR make that journey down to Turner's Cross as well. So five big games there. Uh, Wexford after their big week, two games in the in four days, they get the weekend off. But uh, it's going to be interesting to see how it goes. Game of the week for you? It's tough. Um, probably. I don't know because the Bows and Rovers was the one. The, the Bows and the one. The one you'd say normally it is. Then you've got Galway and Shells. The history of what happened with Galway and Shells when they played in Talca Park. Athlone are looking for a bit of a another bit of a spite and looking to put a bit of a, a dent in Piedmont. Like there's so many. I think every game for the first time in a long time, every game means so all, much. Both two sides are going into that game believing they can actually beat their opponents, and it, I know it happens a lot in in two or three games a weekend. But for it to be in a case in every single game this weekend, I think. I'm really looking forward to what this weekend brings. I think any team could win any of their games this weekend. It's funny. I'd probably if, if I if you were to nail me and say, "Give me your five predictions for the five games," I'd I'd probably oh, keep it in the right. Let's um, do it. No, because I wouldn't be confident <laughs> of getting. I wouldn't be confident of getting three right. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah. I wouldn't be confident. That's the problem. And normally, there's some weeks where you're like, "All right, I'll get four right. There'll be one that might be tricky." Problem is, is you could pick any result this weekend, and it could be anything, and that's that's the best part of it. I think, like realistically, I think the game that's going to have the most eyes is going to be Bowes and Shamrock Rovers for the fact that it's the first time they played in Daily Mount. It's the only side that Bowes haven't taken points off, and I hate to say this as much as as much as I like the lads, and I get on really well with the lads. It's going to be extremely difficult to see them doing it this weekend, and like 
you're looking at the the Treaty Sligo game. Can Treaty bounce back after uh, after the after the big loss, or will Sligo get another win? And then like DLR Cork, Cork going Cork going in that off a bit of a high with that draw away from home against Wexford, and then again, so are so are DLR with, with a result they probably thought they might have nicked against against Bowes, and like everything's to play for all weekend. If P- I do suspect though, the top two will win this weekend, and the other games could really be anything. Could we see a situation, I know it's a lot of games to go, but could we see a situation where Shamrock Rovers go through the whole season unbeaten but don't win the league? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And the thing, the thing is, like, there's no doubt when they play P-Mount next week that they'd have learned so much from that P-Mount game in PRL Park. They'd have learned so much. They'd have learned massively from the Shelburne game. Like, there's no, there's no reason why they can't. Like, I... The only, the only, the only thing you're going to look for from a female point of view that's probably a bit of a downside for female is the fact that they still have to go to Wexford, they still have to go to, they still have to go to Wexford, still have to go to Galway, still have to go to Shamrock Rovers. So they've they've got a couple of difficult away trips. But the thing is, last weekend they clocked one of the biggest away trips off off their marker in, in terms of getting a result against Shelburne. Like they'll be confident when they play everybody. But the thing is, realistically. We're probably looking at another stage that I can't see Shelburne coming back into it just because of the fact that I can't see P Mount and Rovers dropping that many points. Yeah. I could I can see them probably potentially drawing against each other, but I wouldn't be surprised if if if, if they do draw against each other and P Mount and Rovers Rovers go down to to the very late late stage of the season unbeaten and then anything's to play for. But I, I definitely can see this race going going to the last day of the season or the second last day of the season. It's definitely the probably most competitive sporting competition in the country in terms of how many teams going into this realistically have a chance of winning the league. And not just on paper, but actually getting to the last day of the season. How often have we seen two, three-horse races going into the last or second last round of the games like before at the end of the last season, down to the last two games? So uh, anything to play for over the next few weeks? This week... This, this this upcoming transfer window is going to be the most important transfer yeah. window going because I can imagine Shamrock Rovers are getting the checkbook out, see who they can nabble off off teams. Teams are going to need to strengthen. Shelburne are definitely going to need to strengthen. P-Mount are going to need to try and grab, get some, one or two from somewhere. But like, that's what it could come down to just who who can who has the ability to get that extra player or two in the door in the summer that could make the big difference. Of course, we could see a few coming in from scholarships in the States as well. Girls coming back. I know we spoke about Amanda McQuillan on the show recently. Interesting to see if she gets back between the sticks for shells over the coming weeks. But uh, lots to play for in the coming weeks. Uh, where are you going to be at the weekend? Um, I'm not fully fully sure yet. I will definitely be at Bowes and Rovers. I don't know if I'll get a second game in just yet. I'd like to. If I can get the payment, I'd love to get the payment. I'm not sure yet, but I'll definitely get the Bowes and Rovers. On Saturday afternoon, and if not, I'll watch. I'll watch another game late in the evening. Before I let you go, we might just quickly run through. I know it's a couple of weeks away yet, but just uh, let me bring it up here in front of the screen. Is just the Avonor Cup fixtures came out during the week. Avonor Cup. I'm calling it that. I'm not sure what the the technical term is, but it's the Avonor Sports. It's the Avonor Sport All All Island Cup. There are the first round of fixtures. Some interesting games in two weeks' time. Uh, given it's a kind of a a mid-season competition might be missing a couple of players from certain play, from certain clubs just, who are, just are playing or just attending the World Cup. Um, talk that there's only going to be four players from home base in the initial squad that's going to be announced by Vera next week. That's what the talk is at the moment. The, the talk is it's going to be uh, Taro Hanlon, Abby Larkin, Anya O'Gorman, 
and who was the other one? It wasn't Jesse Stapleton. Who am I missing? I'm missing someone obvious. Tara Abbey. On you. I've gone out of my head. This this talk this four. That was uh John Fallon was reporting in the in the Irish examiner. There's only gonna be four home based players in the in the squad and like there won't be many missing. But the thing is the Avenir Cup will be almost over before the World Cup even kicks off. The final is due to take place the sixteenth of July. Uh so it's it's four days before Ireland's Ireland's opener. But look at look at the, the fourth fixture down, Breffney. It'll be a completely different game to what it what it will be on, on the on the tenth of June. Yeah. It'll be a completely different game. I think I think the two sides will probably play slightly different lineups as well. And like DLR, the other thing they're looking at is uh Cork and DLR playing again twice two weeks in a row in in Turner's Cross as well. Some some big trips go as 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 Galway going up to to Linfield and like it's a nice. I, I really like the idea of the competition as a kind of a satanic cup for the for the girls, effectively, where they get the opportunity. Because a lot of these players wouldn't get the opportunity to play against teams from other jurisdictions because they don't qualify for Europe. So the likes of Cork, Galway, uh, Treaty, Sligo, who let's be honest, are not going to be in the European shakeup, uh, getting this opportunity to play against teams from other jurisdictions in competition. I think we'll see a lot of changed sides, though. I think we'll see a lot of players getting opportunities that they might not get in the league. Uh, through this competition and a lot of the kind of the top top line of the first line players rested through it but uh, it remains to be seen how that's going to go that's it for the week Aaron um, we'll wrap it up there and uh, we will I suppose look forward to another exciting weekend's football as we get closer and closer to that mid-season break in 10 days time ahead of the Avenir Cup um, into the, the, the mid-season break I suppose really um, chat to you next week I suppose Absolutely. Look forward to it. Uh, to Jermot, who helped us with the interviews with Chloe and um, Laurie earlier in the show, uh, thank you so much to him and to the girls for making themselves available and, and speaking to him down in Mallow on Sunday afternoon. Uh, we'll be back with you again next week, probably at a slightly earlier time. Uh, that other show that we're up against at 9 o'clock in midweek, uh, Love Island, is back on the cards. So we'll be um, uh, trying to avoid taking your eyeballs away from that in real time. But we will be back with a full show uh, next week, probably 8 p.m. on Wednesday. We'll let you know on social media ahead of time. Talk to you then.